Hi, hello everyone and anyone who decides to listen to this podcast. This is Hot Mess But Blessed with myself, Olivia Viz, and this is episode one. So this podcast, the idea came about about the end of last year, beginning of this year, um, and me and the girls in work, like we were all talking about, you know, I want to start a podcast and all this kind of talk, but um, I really like to throw it in. I was like, right, girls, I'm going to buy the equipment. We're going to do it in cabin perch we're going to talk you know life in your 20s growing up figuring out you know what you want to do going through the good and the bad and everything like that um wrote a little plan and it, it was kind of based in work but it was going to be like an outside outside of the business though like it wasn't going to be a podcast for cabin perch it was going to be based there but talking things you know all the girly chat um within the premises so i rang my dad and like i always did i always rang in for advice whether it was personal life or business like he was my mentor through and through every single day so i gave him a call january 26th and i said to him i want to start this podcast um it was going to be called shit my boss says um yeah the funniest um but I put like forward this little idea that we had and he was like go for it he was like i love listening to a podcast myself in the van he was like so go for it so i had the heads up from him i sent him all the stuff that got on his amazon prime account um and then the day after he well he had a major accident which resulted in his death and I've decided to continue the podcast idea because it was the last thing and the last like idea, I could say like business idea, I had um, delivered to him. So I've tried to film this a million times, but going through grief is a very rocky road and I'm still in the very early days and it's all still very raw, a lot of denial, a lot of disbelief moments where it feels so overwhelming um so yeah so here we are i'm carrying on the podcast i'm still gonna follow it through the idea um you could say as a dedication you know dedicated to him because he was on board with it and he always was my number one cheerleader and supporter as well so we will see what comes of this podcast and where it goes how long i stick at it for but i do really want to delve deep into life because I am a pretty private person I would say um but just going through so much trauma prior to this and now currently the trauma of this and the grief that comes with it as well um I just want to talk about that on a platform um because when he had his accident and when he did pass away I'm such a podcast girl anyway but I completely reached out to look for grief podcasts. I find some amazing ones and they really do help because um, you feel so isolated and you feel like you're the only person in the world who's lost someone um, when really there's thousands of us and then millions of us in the world who are literally experiencing this. Um, but yeah, it's just insane how you do feel so isolated. So listening to those podcasts really gave me so much awareness of how I was feeling and I'm someone who loves to talk, like I love a good deep chat, 
Um, so I feel like it just made sense to just do a podcast. I know this is going to start really small. I don't know if people I know are going to hear about it and listen to it if people decide to. But if one person searches this on Spotify or Apple, hears it and it makes a difference for them, that's all I want. If I could help one person or, you know, people can relate to me and be like, oh, do you know what? I feel like that, like I did when I listened to the podcast I chose to listen to. That's the goal and that's amazing because life shit so we may as well get through it together but also you know keep that positivity keep that humor i think that's you know how i've dealt with it to a certain degree um i haven't really got an actual plan for this um podcast episode and my thinking is very non-linear so i may be going all over the place but i am going to kick in with the first point of I've noticed everyone's grieving is different and I heard this before I'd lost someone close to me but being in it, being in it I've actually realised how different everyone really is so obviously you know my siblings, my mum, um, other people in the family like how different we are all grieving um sometimes similar sometimes different we'll be going through different stages at different times um yeah so i feel like as a collective though for me and my family i feel like we've definitely continued that just get up and go even the day that he died it was just let's keep going let's keep it moving you know we carried on working i mean my brother he had to take over my dad's business um literally overnight and then like he had his accident which was january 27th it was like literally from you know day after onwards he just had to pick up this massive company and throw completely in the deep end and he's had to you know figure this out whilst grieving and trying to manage and you know he's he's doing amazing he's doing absolutely amazing and we're all very, very proud of him of that. And he would be doing our dad Tudor. So, so, so proud. And we all just beam with pride for him. And we know Tudor will be as well. Um, but then I've got my little coffee shop and my team are absolutely incredible. I would not have got through, I say that stage of life, but this stage of life without them. They are selfless, like they'll do everything they possibly can for me so I was definitely given um I was able to take a lot of time off during the accident and the days after his death because in the first five weeks um after his accident before he passed away I was just in the hospital twice a day just you know staying with family spending time with friends you know it was just the craziest time and I was very lucky. I still worked kind of like outside of typical working hours. So I'd always make sure I was going in the evening, making sure, you know, I was doing the orders and stuff like that. But as a collective, as a family, we definitely just had that get up and go motive and to keep moving, keep motivated because that is how Tudor raised us and also what he Im like implemented on us. He was such a businessman himself and he was always just constant on the move 24 7 that man did not stop and i know that's exactly what he'd want us to do as well like he has given us that drive 
to keep going because if he saw us stop, go into a dark hole, that state of depression, that I don't want to do anything, I don't want to see anyone, he would be so pissed off. So we really have just kept that motive to succeed still and also just keeping that high energy as much as we possibly can. Obviously it's such a horrific time, we're, especially that we're in the early stages of grief as well. It's just so much disbelief and denial at this moment in time. For a while it felt like it wasn't real. You felt like, because he worked away a lot, you thought he was gonna come home. Um, you know, everything was so raw, it still is. Like, you can remember last conversations we had with him, remember his laugh, remember his voice, remember what he'd done, like, you know, at the start of the year or at Christmas. Like, everything is still so fresh and raw. And you, I think we still, I think it is wearing off a little bit now, that thought of him coming home. But it was very much like that in the first couple of weeks of his death. Um, and those moments, though, where the disbelief and the denial kind of drop, and you had that overwhelming sense of oh my god they really aren't here anymore like he isn't going to walk through the door again he isn't going to ring me again I can't ring him again I can't share this good news with him or share this shit like this random shitty story that you know over the phone with him and those moments are just so overpowering and they absolutely cripple you and break you and the sadness and the tears are just so overbearing I, I for me and I think my mum as well like that will last for anything from like like two to four days I feel and then you kind of come out of it a little bit and you know you're kind of getting yourself together again you're getting motivated to do things you know keep trying to keep that high energy because my sister's only 12 and we're just she's another reason behind us keeping that motivation high energy high spirit you know that positivity that you know that happiness because she needs that she needs that and he wouldn't want anything less for her he'd want like our lives to go into her now and to make sure she has the best life possible um which we will absolutely do and you know his legacy that he's left behind is just an inspiration and the reason why we are um you know continuing continuing life the way we are because you do feel like you want the world to stop and i've seen ed sheeran's documentary and he said when his best friend jamal died he said he wanted the world to stop he like just the way that it did for the queen and that is exactly how it feels you just want the world to stop but it doesn't the world keeps turning the sun keeps rising and setting and you know the days keep going and life keeps moving um and this is just like the shitty stages of life that no one can avoid death is inevitable it's the only thing guaranteed in life and it's crazy how you actually never know when it's gonna come like i hadn't lost anyone close to me um until my dad and obviously that was sudden um and honestly it's you do not think you're gonna wake up that morning and in the evening like i watched my dad fall to his death basically um 
I don't want to talk about obviously what happened too much right now, but I probably will eventually. Um, obviously, like I know those people will know the story who listen to this, but um, obviously because it is on like a platform, I feel like that is a separate story in itself because it was a traumatic brain injury, and that is a whole other conversation which I actually want to talk about in a separate episode because those five weeks in hospital, I want that to be an episode in itself because that was a journey that was a process i learned a lot um being the family member of someone who suffered a traumatic brain injury um was crazy so i do want that to be an episode in itself but i've lost my train of thought what was i saying oh how you just never know what's gonna happen so yeah so we went to like an event a big family event in the evening all his closest family and friends um and it's just crazy because you think that morning he did not, he like would have had no idea he was going to die that night. You know, my sister didn't know that was going to be the last time she'd say bye to her dad. And same with us when we were at the party with him. Who would have known? We were like moments away from that happening. Um, so it's just crazy. And it is just something that we will all experience at different times. Um, I'm, I don't know if lucky enough's the word, but my best friend lost his dad at the same age as me in like a sudden way as well. Um, so I was lucky enough to have him to kind of coach me through this, um, like he does with everything else in life. But yeah, I think it's like the luckiness of the unluckiness, if that even makes any sense whatsoever. But he has been right there next to me along the way you know kind of validating my feelings like because the emotions that come with it like the anger the upset the shutting down the good days and then you feel guilty for having the good days and that's something that struck me bad was the guilt that comes with living after death of a loved one because like going back to the point of you do want the world to stop you think everything should just shut down and but you keep going and the guilt I had from you know I literally was getting my nails done like if, literally a few days after he died and like you sit there and you think oh my god like my dad's dead like he died a few days ago but but you'd enjoy like I'd be talking to my nail tech like enjoying myself just having a little girly chat or whatever little goss and then you get that overwhelming sense of guilt of how am I out here in the salon getting my nails done when my dad's died but you just I think that guilt is something we all experience in grief and I still do now like if I'm out having a meal or doing anything like you know going to the pub it's just like that guilt you get is just absolutely insane but what else are you gonna do you have no choice but to just carry on living and continue in your life just the way they'd want you to and to you know they even though like my dad's life was cut short he was 52 when he died but like he lived his life to the motherfucking max that man like he would have died a very happy man no regrets whatsoever like an absolute inspiration and he'd be drilling into us to do the exact same thing Life's for living. We don't know when any. We don't know when we're gonna die. Like, how do we not know? Like, how do I not know I'm gonna not gonna be here for like another year or another forty years or another sixty years? Like, 
it's insane. It's just absolutely mind blowing. I keep saying this, but it really is. So just keep living that life and, you know, experiencing those like valuable moments and knowing what matters because even when my dad was here we I think one thing me and my family do not that we have is that we don't have any regrets whatsoever my dad Judah he told us how off like so often how much he loved my mum how much he loved like us as a family and he, he always like we knew how much joy we brought him in life and I told him especially like in cards and letters and text messages and to his face I just was always so I pour my love out to him and my my gratitude and how lucky I was to have him and he knew that and I've got texts on my phone and they're so lush to read back now because I'm like he really did know he really did know and like this might sound weird but I'm so filled with joy that I have that because a lot of people probably lose people and have regrets or regret things they didn't say but I am going to say like I'm so grateful for my family and for him of just how we expressed our love for one another daily and we all idolised each other and we still do so I think that would be my one piece of advice is always telling people that you love the shit out of them you know showing how much you care for them and it's not about the larger things in life, it really is about those small moments um, that matter the most. So that would definitely be continued on now for the rest of our lives. And, you know, grief is a crazy thing. It really, really is. Wow, else was I going to talk about? I'm just looking at my little notes here. Um. Oh, talking about the funeral. So the funeral, the, for me, I am super duper controlling, gonna say it, very much am, I like to be in control of things. So <laughs> when it came to funeral planning, I kind of naturally came to the forefront a little bit with my mum to help her out with it. Um, Cause obviously it was such a hard time for her and, and obviously all of us, but I feel like, I mean, quote me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I definitely balanced it out for her. So where she was obviously, and is absolutely heartbroken. She's lost the love of her life. Um, I feel like I, I go into like this fight mode where I'm like, right, we need to do this. We need to make it perfect. This is the last thing we can do for him. Um, this needs to be incredible. And yeah, we plan the funeral together and having that motive because we did have quite a bit of a gap between the death and the funeral I think it was about five weeks again um because we literally wanted it to be so perfect like we wanted it on like a Friday afternoon and um, Friday morning so we could have the I say wake but my dad always said he wanted a party so we wanted the party on the Friday afternoon and um, because he loved a Friday night so yeah we um planned it far in advance and we just made sure every detail um and the is it a victory am i saying that right but that that was like the celebrant we had katie she was incredible like absolutely incredible we're actually going to message her to see if she wants to meet up for a coffee and just to thank her because she, like the female director the female directors we use tevi brothers which is um where we live 
they were incredible. Like James Tiffy and then Katie Pugsley, the celebrant, they made such a truly shitty time. So I can't, what's the word? So calm? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's the word, but it just, yeah, they made a truly shitty time feel okay and feel manageable. And they pulled it together incredible. And everyone said how amazing the service was. They thought Katie was a close family friend and that she knew Tudor because she delivered it so well. And that'll be something I'll always be grateful for as well, because I, in my eyes, the funeral was the last thing we could do for him. And we had to just fight through that pain and upset of planning it and oh my god so many tears came when we were planning it and we were talking about his life and we were going through pictures and videos and oh my god the breakdowns that we had were just crazy but we nailed it we absolutely nailed it i'm gonna say it like and i'm so proud of that as well i'm so proud of the way we came together and just really as a family we did him so proud and he would have been he wouldn't have wanted anything less um than what we did we really done the most more is more so yeah but then after the funeral then it, so you're, you're so busy doing all the planning and you were you know you're constantly editing the eulogy and stuff like that um and then you plan the music you plan the like the little we did like a little photo um with a little slideshow um whilst people waited for us to turn up but it's that constant you've got that purpose you've got that reason to keep going during that time and then the funeral was great like you know we had the best time it sounds so weird but we had the best time like we had such a good celebration for him which he would have wanted and then the next day then honestly i could imagine that is what planning a wedding feels like the next day because i was so strong on the funeral the day of the funeral the next day i just was flat I was so deflated, I felt empty and almost like an anti-climax. I know the funeral isn't something to look forward to, which we weren't looking forward to it, but just where it was really high spirit at, you know, the party, in Tudor's words, um, the next day it just felt like that's it. And it felt like a chapter was closed, which is disgustingly enough, essentially it is and but it's a chapter that we will always talk about like he will be spoken about for the rest of our lives every single day like he won't be forgotten about like he will not he will not fade away he made such an impact on everyone he met like honestly if you met them for five minutes or if you knew them for like five years like he made such an impact on everyone's life and that's a true inspiration for me and my family and everyone who knew him to you know, the legacy he's left behind is incredible. And that is what everyone should kind of like aspire, you know, to be and to have. Like, because when you die, you know, people remember how you made them feel. I know it's actually cliche, how, like, you know, how they made you feel. And yeah, so even though it feels like a chapter's closed, it hasn't, you know, to a certain degree, because it won't be when it's forgotten. And he truly is the best man on earth. And like I said, I'm still in the very early days of grief. I 
but sometimes have days where I can almost have this dark humour about it, um, which is exactly what he was like. And then other days I can be absolutely ruined and just cry all day, like all day, every day. Because Eyes Closed is was one of the few more songs and every time it comes on the radio, you best believe I am singing my heart out but also crying like a bitch some days when it comes on. And the girls and work are exactly the same. Like it comes on the radio and we're just either like crying or cut our arms in the air, like singing our hearts out because the words and the lyrics in that are so meaningful. It's an incredible song and it will always remind me of him. Um, so yeah, I think I am going to actually wrap that up. It's like, it's kind of like a brief, you know, chat, but it's the first episode. Um, I will delve deeper probably into more um, of the grief because I'm on this journey and very early days. He only died the 1st of March. Um, today is the, what day is it? The 10th of May. So I'm still very raw and I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot about grief on the way. So I'll be back with more updates in terms of how I'm feeling and what stage of grief I'm at. Um, and you know, other areas as well in terms of like the hospital side, the traumatic brain injury side, the encounters with the, you know, kind of hospital staff, kind of like what I learned and you know, the comfort that they bring you. Um, so yeah, so a quick, I think this could be quick, I don't know, first episode, um, which will hopefully lead on to more in-depth um juicy episodes i've got a lot of ideas for episodes to come up and um, not just about grief either um about general like you know mental health neurodiversity um you know business personal life good and bad things you know life in our 20s like i keep saying so yeah i'm gonna round that up for today's episode and i hope you all enjoyed and let's see what's to come.